No, we want everybody in. Genesis means beginning, so go to the beginning. Look in the table of contents. The table of contents will probably say page one. Literally, we're looking at the first four verses of the Bible today. All right. I'm starting a new series called Tales from the Darkness. Tales from the Darkness. And I was thinking about this last Sunday about what the Lord wants me to speak through the next few weeks. I like, I like speaking series of messages. And, uh, you know, something when, when you're a preacher and you're a pastor and you preach every week, soon as Sunday morning service is over and you preach that message, Pastor Terry knows what I'm talking about, you automatically start thinking about the next week. Okay, what are you going to preach? <laughs> I mean, there's like no downtime, you know. It's like going Sunday evening, you know, you're thinking about things. And, and so I, I, thought about, I thought about this series, Tales from the Darkness. And I'll tell you why. Because 2022 for our church is the year of light. Shining the light of Christ. We've got t-shirts for our volunteers that says, it says be the light. And uh, so as I was thinking, and, and, and I was actually scrolling through the Bible and flipping through and looking through the pages, and it's amazing, story after story in the Bible, you read of God moving in the darkness. God performing mighty acts in the darkness, in dark seasons. In the dark seasons of life. And, and, and I'm like, this would be a great, this would be a great series. And so we're going to start today with Genesis 1. And today I'm preaching, let there be light. Let there be light. How many of you have the Amazon Alexas in your house? I got, I got like three of them. I got them sitting in a box. I got one sitting in a box, but I got them. Uh, I like them, you know, I think they're pretty cool. You can play music on them, you can sync them up together, you can, uh, I know some people say they're listening in, you know, don't have them, they're listening in, and, and they're spying on you. Well, you know what, they're listening in right now. They're creeping on you right now. If you got a, if you got a smartphone, you know, all the, you know, what's funny is those who say, oh, they're creeping on you, you sharing all kinds of junk on Facebook, you post, you clicking on everything, you know, clicking on it. They spying on you, but I like them, you know, because I, I, I'm lazy. I, I, I don't like getting up out of bed to turn on the light. I like just, see, so you, you link up your, your lights and, uh, Alexa, turn on the light. Turn on the bedroom light. That's how I got it. Turn on the bedroom light. Turn on the kitchen light. Turn on the office light. And boom, they come on. I mean, it's, that's cool. You know, you can, you can sync your appliances and your alarm system and all through it and you can check on things when you're away and um, and so so what you can do too is you can create this phrase and you can sync every light into a group so I've got every light synced to a group and specifically you know if I'm away or something and whatever and 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 so the phrase I got let there be light and so I can say Alexa let there be light and boom, all the lights come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you'd, be, you'd be driving home, Alexa, let there be like, boom. You know, scare, I mean, it scares people with the dead. You know, they're walking around, boom. And, and that's kind of what I think about when, when I read Genesis 1. And it says, God said, let there be light. We're going to look at it here in just a second. And boom, creation, light. I mean, you know, just, just the power, I, I, Alexa, let there be light, and with the power of my voice, boom, let there be light, and light comes on. There is this weird glitch, weird thing that happens. I don't know if it happens to yours, but um, randomly the lights will start coming on. 
I don't know, I don't know what it is, but just randomly, you know, it'd be the middle of the night and boom, the bedroom light will just pop on just out of the blue. Or the kitchen light will just pop on. And that's kind, of, kind of creepy. You know, you're, you're laying there sleeping and boom, the light, you know. If you're like me and you sleep with a Glock beside your bed, the first thing you do, you reach for your Glock. That's right, that's what I'm talking about. But it does, it does make me realize that, that although I can tell Alexa to do a few things, I don't have ultimate control over the light. I don't have ultimate authority. But see, this message is about all authority is in God's word. When, when God speaks, he has all authority. When, when he speaks, there's not just random lights don't, in the universe. Don't, you know, one star says, boom, just pop on and just random. No, everything comes into order. All of creation pays attention and stops and, and heeds the command of the word of God. And, and God's first act of creation was to speak light to the darkness. The Genesis account is referring to physical darkness, physical light. It, the, the first three chapters deal with physical creation. But the Bible also speaks of spiritual darkness, spiritual light. We know that Jesus is the spiritual light. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Or he says, I'm the light of the world. But spiritual darkness usually refers to evil. You read in the Bible, it, it usually refers to the works of the devil, darkness. The devil's the prince of darkness. Darkness can, can also refer to being lost without Christ. You're, you're in spiritual darkness. Darkness can refer to times and days when people are far from God. The Middle Ages were known as, excuse me, the Dark Ages. It was just, it was just, it was a dark time spiritually. I think most of us will say that right now we're living in a dark world, a dark nation. There's darkness in our nation. Christians can also experience dark seasons of life. Maybe you're in a season of hardship, a season of grief, a season of loss. That's a dark season. Maybe you're in a season of depression, despondency. It's darkness. One of my heroes, old, old heroes, the 19th century, the great prince of preachers, pastor Charles Spurgeon, he, he wrote often about his struggle with depression and his struggle with despondency, yet there was probably in, in the modern era no greater preacher than the great Charles Spurgeon basically had the first megachurch back in the 1900s. Thousands would, would come to, to hear him preach. And, and, but, but he struggled with despondency. He called it the dark night of the soul. Maybe you're in a season where the prince of darkness, the powers of darkness are working overtime in your home, in your family, in, in, your, in your life. Well, this message today is specifically for those who know what it's like to be in a dark season, who knows what it's, what it's like to, to, to battle the darkness. There's things that, 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 are, that are dark. It's just a dark season. 
See, when we're in those dark seasons, though, you, you, have, to know where to, you have to know how to deal with the darkness. You, you have to know where to find light. You have to know how to draw and, and pull the, the light out. Darkness, darkness, spiritual darkness. I want to focus on the first four verses of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1 through 4. There's an application that I saw this week that I think will help you when all is dark. Genesis 1, 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Understand, though, that when it says in the beginning, it's not referring to the beginning of God. Don't you know that God, there was no beginning with God. There is no end with God. He's speaking of creation. You know, if you, wanna, if you want something that'll just blow your mind, just think of the Meditate on the eternality of God. Meditate on the concept of God is eternal. It's mind-blowing. No beginning. Can you, can you imagine that? No beginning. No end. We, we, we can't even conceive it. Psalms 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, before creation, or ever, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You are God. Here's what I want you to get. Here, here's the principle. Here's the application here I want you to see here is that when there was nothing, when there was void, when there was darkness, when darkness covered the earth. Now, now, now mind you, heaven was, heaven was, there's the, the paradise. We're not talking about paradise. We're not talking about the third heaven that the Bible speaks of. But we're speaking of the darkness. When there was darkness, there was God. When there was nothing, when there was darkness, darkness covered the earth. When all was dark, God was present. He was present. But even more, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says this. It says, even before he made the world, you could say, even, even while it was still dark, it says God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Get this. In the darkness, God was present. But also in the darkness, God had us on his mind. That's what that's saying. In the darkness, he not only was present, but in the darkness, he loved us. He chose us. Even in the darkness, but also in the darkness. Before creation, did you know God had a plan for us? Revelation 12, or I'm sorry, Revelation 13 verse 8 speaks of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. The lamb that was slain even before creation, there was a plan of salvation in place. Think about this. In the darkness, trillions and trillions and trillions of years, eternity passed. Even before we were created, God was there. God had us on his mind, and God already had a plan of salvation through the cross work of Jesus Christ. The plan was in place, even in the darkness. Even in the dark. Here's my first point I want you to see about the darkness when all was dark when all is dark here it is number one God is present and has us on his mind think about this 
in the darkness, God was there. God is there. God will be there. God has us on his mind. If God was present, and if God had you and me on his mind in eternity past, in the darkness, then that means surely in your present darkness, God is with you. Surely in your present darkness, God is with you. God has you on his mind. See, I'm saying this because, you know, when, when things are dark, when, when there's darkness in your world, when, when you're in a, a night season, doesn't the devil, doesn't the prince of darkness just have a way of making you feel you're all alone? God's not there. Where is God? My friends have abandoned me. God has abandoned me. But I just, I just want you to see that in your darkness, God is there. God has you on his mind. Psalms 139, verses 16 through 18. I want you to listen closely to this verse, or these verses. It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They, are out, they outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. Look, if, you, if you're in a dark season right now, you need to write this scripture down. You need to meditate on this scripture day, night, morning, and evening. Get this down in your spirit just, just so you can understand what, what God said. God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm thinking of you. My thoughts outnumber, my thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of, of sand. In your darkness, God is with you. God is present. God is thinking of you. God has you on his mind. Through the darkness, through the heartache, through the pain, understand, church, you're not alone. That's what I want you to understand. You're not alone. The psalmist said, where could I go from your presence? I can't outrun your presence. Everywhere I go, you are. Because he is God. From everlasting to everlasting. Look at verse 2, Genesis 1. It says, The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And look at this phrase. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Notice, in the darkness, the Spirit of God was hovering. It was hovering. That means He was moving. He was working. He was preparing for the creative plan that was about to take place. Here's point number two. When all is dark, God is still moving. Amen. The Spirit of God hovered. He was hovering. Amen. He was moving. Yes. He was working in the darkness. You, you, you could say when all is dark, God is still moving. You could say God is still working. You could write that down. God is still working. He's still working. See, there's a misconception that in our dark seasons, God must not be at work. God must not be moving. See, too often we think it, the void. There's a void. So God must not be working. There's 
a darkness. There's brokenness. There's heartache. There's loss. God must not be moving. Maybe you've been praying for a lost loved one. You're praying, praying. I've been praying, 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 praying for a lost loved one, whether I'm praying for a spouse, whether I'm praying for, for a, a child that's, that's running from God and it just seems things are getting worse. I, I guess God's not working. I guess God's not working. Maybe you're praying for healing for your body. You're praying for someone else for healing. You're praying and praying and praying and praying and, and, and things aren't getting any better. Maybe you prayed for someone who, who was sick in body and you prayed and you stood on healing and believed God, but yet the Lord saw fit to take them home. I guess God's not moving. I guess God's not working. But let me just remind you the words of Jesus. John 5 verse 17 says, My Father is always working. And so am I he's always working just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not working just because you can't feel him doesn't mean he's not working you know it's easy to it's easy to believe God the spirit of God's hovering and moving when it's a bright sunshiny day like today when when things are light right when I can see the work with my own eyes it, it's easy to believe God is moving then but doesn't the Bible say we don't walk by our sight? We walk by faith. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. If we could just understand that God's most powerful work on behalf of his children, it's usually in the night seasons. It's usually when things are at their darkest. That, that's when God seems to, to, to perform his greatest miracles and, and his greatest acts of power in the darkness. When all is dark, because God moves, God works even in the darkness. I bet there's testimony after testimony from people in here how God moved in your darkness. Amen. How many of you got a testimony like that? God moved in those nighttime, those night seasons. I know that that's how it works in my life. It seems like when, when at my lowest point, that's when the Spirit is hovering. <laughs> that's when God is moving, when I felt like giving up, when i gone through tragedy and gone through this, and just a dark night. That's when God just seems to move, seems to move. I wish He wouldn't operate like that. <laughs> you know, I wish I could just see everything, you know, but, but it's in the darkness. You know, I, we had a, I heard a testimony last week last week of one of a dear missionary family that we support they're 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 part of our church basically uh mitch and julie Lineman. if you remember from several months ago if you were here uh we we spoke how uh they're they do aquaponics and they travel around across the nations and third world countries and help people with aquaponics grow uh vegetation from fish and, and all of that it's an it's an interesting concept but they have an aquaponics greenhouse up in Jacksonville. And we got word that the, the roof of that greenhouse had burned. And, and being a missionary, see, see, there's not a lot of extra money. You're, it's, sometimes it's day by day. It's, it's donation from day. You're just trying to, to, to get by. And see, they've got a, uh, they've got a mission trip that's planned. We're there to go out, and, and it's a lot of money to travel and, and to do what they've got to do. And, and they, they were praying about, God, should we just let this greenhouse go and just 
travel and go to different areas. They're raising money. And she said, Julie said, I, I prayed for a sign. Prayed for a sign. You know, sometimes, you know, the Bible says we're not supposed to pray for signs. There's only one time when Gideon flew out, he put the fleece out. But you know, sometimes though, we, I'd like a sign. I'd just like a sign, wouldn't you? That's what's, what's awesome about God. That he, he, he sometimes does things like that. And then and, and they prayed, God, just please give us a sign. Do you want us to let this greenhouse go, or do you want us to rebuild it? The next morning, they got a check in the mail from Community Church, enough to cover the roof. See, the Spirit of God was hovering in, in, in their darkness. And the Spirit of God said, I want you to give. I want you to give. All you faithful givers that give to missions, that give of your tithes and offerings, that give, because I mean, we, we, give to, we give to missions. We got so many. And, and God used you and me and used us as a church. He worked in our hearts to provide what they needed. See, that's how God works in the darkness. In the dark, when all is dark, God is still moving. God is still moving. We sang the song Waymaker. See, see, you can't really experience the Waymaker unless you're in the darkness. You, you don't know what you're singing about unless you're in a, in, in, a, in a place, a season of life where there is no way. That's when you experience the Waymaker. You know, you can't praise and sing about the miracle worker if God's never done anything in your life. If, you, if you've never been in a, in, a, in a position that something's got, I need a miracle. See, if you've experienced a miracle in your life, that's, he's a miracle worker. He's a, a way maker. Even when I don't see him, he's working. I like that part. That's my favorite. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. And I'm just telling you, in your night season, right now, right now, the Lord is in your darkness fighting your battles. The Lord is in your... You, you need to be like Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I don't know what to do, but I'm lifting up my hands and I'm going to worship the Lord who fights my... I don't know. I don't know, but my eyes... Or I can't even see you. My eyes are looking somewhere. I can't. I'm just praising you. I'm worshiping you. In your darkness, you don't even know it, but right now God's arranging things because we know that all things work together for the good to those who love. How many of you love God? In the darkness, God is working those things out in your life. In the darkness, God is arranging the blessing and the faith. And this isn't the name it, claim it, you blab it, grab it, preach. I'm just saying God works for those who love him. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I claim $125,000 Mercedes. No, that's greed is what that is. And we're not talking about that. God's working, though. God's work. Here's number three. Number three is verse three. When God said, let there be light. Oh, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Here's my third point. When all is dark, God speaks light. When all was dark, God spoke. God spoke. The first name of God that we see in the Bible is Elohim. 
In the beginning, Elohim. Elohim. Elohim means mighty God. Mighty God. Creator God. In the beginning, Elohim. Just by speaking a word. Light be. Through the power of the word, light was. That's actually the original text, light be. And light was. There's a Latin phrase that they teach in Bible school, ex nihilo. Ex nihilo means out of nothing. Out of nothing. When there was darkness, when there was nothing, when there was a void, God spoke his word, and out of nothing came light. God spoke his word, and, and out of nothing came creation. Everything you see is a product of his word. Remember this. When all was dark, when all was void, all it took was God's word to bring light. To bring light. Romans 4, 17 says that God calls the things that aren't as though they are. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. As, as a believer of God's word, as a child of God, this is, this is crucial theology, what I'm telling you. Out of nothing. Word, something. See, the evolutionists teach billions of years. Survival of the fittest. Only the strong survive. It starts with an amoeba. And, and it grows and, and, and it becomes little fishies and then it develops legs and tail. And, and you've seen the chart. You've seen how this chart works. And, and, you, and they walk on, and it's like an ape person and Neanderthal. And, and then within time, they, he drops the tail and he starts walking straight and, and boom, there's us. You're, you're supposed to laugh. Because, because out of nothing came something because you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. Out of nothing, boom, came man. Came at, through the power of God's word. The evolutionists teach that the universe in order came about with a bang, the big bang theory. And everything, the planets and stars and all that came into order. Through bang, through atoms and molecules. And most public schools and universities teach this as fact. Not theory. Fact. It's fact. You know, and I'll tell you what's even more astounding is you would be surprised at the number of Christian schools and universities that teach this as fact, that teach evolution or some form of evolution. It's astounding. Now, it's one thing if you're a I know we're in a good school district. It's one thing if you present both cases. I get it. But, but, they, but for, for a Christian university, I know I, I can name you <laughs> universities that say they're conservative Bible, but they're teaching this, or, or they're teaching some form of evolution. Here's Christian evolution. Christian evolution is called deistic evolution, where God, it, it took God millions of years to create God had to have evolution take part in his creation. 
But you know what? If you read through Genesis 1, it says, evening and morning were the first day. Second day, day, day. That Hebrew word for day is yom. And every time you see that Hebrew word day, yom, it always refers to 24-hour day. 24-hour, six days is all it took. The creative power of God's Word. I know, you, I know some of you might be watching thinking, you're saying, well, what does it matter? What does it matter? I, I, I'm saved. I believe God. I believe... What's it matter? Evolution. Because you know, I, I talk about this a lot. Because it gripes me. Let me tell you why, what I'm t why it matters. Because if you can't believe that God created light with His Word, if you can't believe that all it took was, was God's Word to, to bring about creation, then how can you believe that all it took was God's Word to raise Jesus from the dead? Let me say it like this. If you can't believe all of God's Word, then you can't believe any of God's words. It's all or nothing. This is a big deal to me because it's a big deal to God. Because God honors His Word. It, everything is wrapped up in His Word. His Word is His covenant. Remember the Word that He gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I will bless you. That's all based upon His Word. Psalms 138 verse 2 says, For you have exalted above all else your name and your word. But look at this. He says, You have magnified your word even above your name. Must be a big deal to God that the name that is above every name, He places His word even above the name. See, see, see don't you know that throughout ages, the, the authority of God's word has always been under attack. That's what this is about. This is a big deal because evolution is an attack on the authority of God's word. It's an attack on the creative power of God's word. It's a big deal. Satan has, has attacked the authority of God's word from the beginning. He attacked the authority of, of God's word when he came as the serpent to, to Adam and Eve. What did God say? They said what God said, and then he says, God didn't really mean that. And he twisted and distorted the word. Satan attacked the authority of God's word when, when, when it said that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And what did Satan do? If you read the scriptures, he takes the word of God, he twists and he distorts the word of God. Satan's attacking the authority of the word right now. Society, the society that we see today, he's attacking the authority of God's word now. I watched this week when they asked the Supreme Court nominee this week to define what is a woman. She said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a biologist. But then when they asked her about her faith, I'm a Christian. I'm a Protestant. I'm a non-denominational. I'm thinking, well, I'm not a biologist either. I'm a Christian. I would say I'm non-denominational, I guess. <laughs> but based upon the authority of God's word, I know what a woman is. Because I've read Genesis 1. 
He created male and, and female. Out of male, out of man came woman. If you read Genesis chapter 2, there's your definition of woman. See, this is about the authority of God's word. Another senator, Kennedy, asked her, said, when does life begin? And she smiled, chuckled, I don't know. Well, based upon the authority of God's word, you know and I know, right? Based on the authority of God's word. Didn't we just read in Psalms 139 that God knew us? Before we were birthed, before we were... There's scripture after scripture how in the womb we were knitted and, and put together. We know when life begins based upon the authority of the Word of God. It begins at conception. I'm just here to declare the authority of God's Word. I'm here to stand on the truth of God's Word. God doesn't need his word to be changed and distorted because times are changing. God doesn't need millions of, of years to create something. God said it. He spoke it and it came to be. It's the inerrant, inspired, unchanging, unshakable word of God. And if you believe that, I got to hear amen. I got to hear an amen. I've got to have, in these dark days, I've got to have something to stand upon. I've got to have something to stand upon. The reason I'm driving this home is because in your dark seasons of life, you need to have confidence in the Word of God. When all hell is breaking loose in your world, you've got to have confidence in the Word of God. In my dark seasons, in my darkness, I don't need an evolutionary word. I don't need a hope so word. I don't need my fingers crossed. I don't need good vibes. I need to know what God's word says. In your darkness, God's word can bring restoration. In your darkness, God's word can bring power. In your word, God, in, in your darkness, God's word can bring healing. Do you know that Psalms 107, verse 26, it says, He sent his word, and the power of his word healed them. Amen. The word. The word healed them. Amen. When all was dark, God's word brought light. Brought light brought light. Here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 4 as I wind down. It says, In God he saw the light. It was good. Everything God has created, after every aspect of creation, God saw it was good. It was, this is a good thing. And then it says, And God divided light from darkness. There's a principle here. From the very first day of creation, God established a universal principle that is set in place. It's the universal principle of separation, of division. God separated, he divided light from dark. There's a separation. They, they can't, light and dark can't cohabit together. They're incompatible. It says he, he separated, he divided night from day. Light from dark. Evening 
from morning. It's a division. It's a division. He, he divided, he separated good from evil. You know, as you get into, as you get into the, the, the covenant in Exodus, when, 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 when God would, when the people were to inhabit the land and, and take Canaan, they were to be separated from the people. Sanctified. That's, that's, a, that's a word we use for separation. Sanctification, to be set apart. But here's, here's the principle. This principle of separation is that he divided the light from the darkness. But what's so amazing is the light, in this division, in this separation, the light always has more power over the darkness. There's a division, but the power lies with the light. With the light. John wrote in chapter 1, verse 5 of his epistle, he says, The light shines in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered the light. Light doesn't run from darkness, does it? It, it can be like, like if, if I brought, if, if there was a way to bring out like a little dark. Okay, here's dark. This is darkness. <laughs> it's dark. It's dark. Can y'all see? It's dark. Look in there. It's dark in there. Here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to release the darkness. Release. Still light, isn't it? Still light, isn't it? Because in this principle of separation, the light overpowers the darkness. Darkness runs from light. How many of y'all have ever been in those underground caverns, like in the mountains, Boone, Chattanooga? There's Linville Caverns up in Boone. That last time I was there, we went down into down in these caverns, and and what do they do? They take you all the way to the bottom, right? And they turn the lights off. The lights off, and it is—it's like darkness, unlike we've never seen before. You can't—you can't even see your hand in front of your face because it's—it's it's void of light. It is a complete void of light. But—but but isn't it amazing that with all the dense, thick darkness, you can light a match, and that one little, little match, that one little light, overpowers the darkness. As dark and as thick and as dense as, as the darkness. One little itty bitty light. And you can see your face. And you know, it's even more amazing. You can be hundreds of feet away and you can still see the light. Because darkness hasn't overpowered the light. Light has overpowered the darkness. What does this mean for you and me? It means that in our darkest seasons, we can know that the light has always overcome the darkness. In, in the darkest of night, as thick and dark and depressing and dense as things might be in your world, you can have assurance that Jesus has overcome that darkness. Because when Jesus rose from the grave, Jesus, the light of the world, shone and, and broke forth from the grave. Forever and ever darkness was overcome because of the light of Christ. The light of Christ. That means that in my dark season, 
I can declare the Word of God, the light of God's Word. Separation, the principle of separation. The Word has light. The name of Jesus has light, right? Jesus has overcome the. That means in my dark season, I just find the Word. I speak the light of God's Word. And guess what? Darkness has to separate. There's a division. It has to separate. I can speak the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. At the name of Jesus, darkness has to separate because of the light that is in that name. The light, the word, the name, the light of Christ has overcome the powers of darkness, the powers of darkness, the strongholds, the bondages. They have to separate when the light of Christ shines forth. I'm just trying to build your faith today. That's all. I'm just trying to build your faith today. It's dark out there. It's dark out there. And oftentimes in life, it's dark in here. It's dark in here. Darkness happens. Loss, grief happens. I've got a funeral today at 2 o'clock from our dear loved one, Sam Evans. That's a dark season for Sandy and her family right now. The light has still overcome the darkness. Light has still overcome the darkness. Sam's in glory. Sam's in everlasting light right now. You might be in your darkness, but I'm telling you, this principle, God is there. God is there. God has not left you. God has not forsaken you. You might be in darkness right now, but guess what? God has you on his mind. God has a plan. God is working on his, it's a plan of redemption, but, but guess what? It's a good plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. In your darkness, God is working. He's working. He's working. And if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior in your darkness, you have his word. You have his name. You have the power of his Holy Spirit. And no darkness can overcome the light. Bow your heads if you would, please. Through the power of our resurrected Savior, through the power of the cross, the power of the resurrection, we have an everlasting, overcoming power over darkness. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Search your own heart. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus. You can know for certain today that Jesus is your Savior. You can know for certain today that Jesus is your light. Have you received the light of Christ? You can't earn it. You can't earn salvation. It, the, your, your best, the best you have to offer is not good enough. That's why we needed Jesus to go to the cross on our behalf. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift from God. Not of our own works, lest we would boast and brag about it. If you're seated in here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says, with the heart, man believes. With the mouth, confession is made. Would you pray with me? If you don't know for certain that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, don't walk out into this dark world without receiving the light of Christ. This is your opportunity. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised another day. Please receive Jesus today from your heart. Here's, here's how you start. You just come to Jesus right where you're at. You can do this right where you're at. Say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I cannot save myself. 
can't save myself. That's, that's number one. I cannot save myself. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I, I need a Savior. I'm coming to you just from your heart. I'm coming to you, Jesus, asking you to save me. I'm putting all my trust in what you did for me on the cross. Through the resurrection. You might not understand all the theology of the cross and resurrection, but, but understand this. He did this for you. He did this for you. He did this for you. He became your sin. He became your substitute. He went to the cross for you. Just say, I believe. I know that Jesus did it for me. In my darkness, Jesus went to the cross for me. He died for me. To bring light. To bring light. Ask him to save you. Please save me. I open up my heart to you. I'm asking the light to come in. Come in. Be my light. Be my light. Ask him. He'll, he'll come. He'll come. The Bible says if anyone come to him, he will in no wise reject you. He will in no wise cast you out. All who come to him. Doesn't matter how great your sin. Doesn't matter what you did last night. Doesn't matter where you, where you stand in the social order. All can come. All can come. Now, Father, I just pray anyone that has come to you today in just a humble heart saying, I can't save myself, save me. I need a Savior. If, if they've called on your name, Father, I pray that you would confirm it in their spirit, confirm it in their heart, their sonship, their daughtership, their children of God. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. I know that there are also believers in here that are in dark seasons of life. There's believers in here that are facing some tough times, some dark, dark times. I pray, I pray this word would be, would, would be seared into their heart, that they could find this light and, and shine this light in the darkness. I know there's probably people in here today, people that are watching that are so disturbed with things that are going on in the world and the wars and rumors of wars and, and all the political mess that's going on with our nation. They're, they're disturbed right now. Father, I just pray you bring calm to their soul calm to their spirit we're the light in the darkness we know where the light's at we know where the light's at i just pray light i pray light in the name of jesus there might be people in here today that are experiencing addiction i speak light in the name of jesus the darkness has to separate the darkness has to separate with the light of god's word the name of jesus depression despondency all these, these dark darkness of soul has to separate, has to be removed when I speak Jesus, when I speak the name of Jesus and speak the word of God. Thank you, Father, for the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to